Welcome to That's What Ni、nee、Said. I'm Ni,、nee, a mother and an entrepreneur. This is my journey to find a footing in life, well, at least try to, and what I have to say about it. It's me again, of course. If you're listening to my show, you know it's me.、Um, just a quick update: What have I been doing this past week? Okay, so、um, I mentioned last time it's spring before it gets full on warm. But to prevent, I am I have sworn to protect my yard from overgrown weeds, right? And then it's been kind of cold until this past week. So、um, I, I keep my I keep my eye on the yard every day, just watching those weeds. Okay, it's just a little bit here and there, just a little bit here and there. I can still get it under control. Now I'm I'm not talking about I'm just talking about. Okay, sorry. Let me backtrack. So there are two separate parts. There is there is the the flower bed that's in the front, a little in the back, and I need to expand it a little bit. And then there is the lawn. So the flower bed, absolute fucking disaster last year. It was so overgrown with weeds and all kinds of bugs and this and that. And I mean, I'm in the process of ripping up all the landscape fabric. Again, this is somewhat experimental. If I fail absolutely miserably this year, I'm gonna hire somebody to do it next year, to you know lay down some fabric, this and that. But my personal thought. At this moment, is landscape fabric is an absolute ripoff. It is designed for you to inquire service of an overhaul every two. They say three to five years. I'm I'm saying two to three years probably. I don't know when the previous、um, owner of the house did his landscaping.、Um, it had. It seems like nobody has done anything. About it for a very long time because the roots have penetrated them with no mercy. There is when I was examining the landscape fabric, it made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever why they put it in in the first place because it did not stop shit. Because you put a little topsoil on top, and the、uh, the weeds they don't care if you put if there is you know if there is weed.、Uh, If there are some worms and bugs, insects, this and that, they're gonna make enough excrement, and then from the decay of all kinds of organic matter, there's gonna be something in the soil that's good enough for weeds, so they're gonna grow. So as long as there is any shred of organic matter on top of that landscape fabric, you're gonna get weeds. And um, <laughs> lost my train of thought. So I I just don't see what that is supposed to do, and then I only th- it's a it's one of those product that's designed. The marketing tells you you do it once, you put your feet up, you rest, but it's actually designed to be overhauled and redone every so often. So it's kind of a subscription service if that's the route you choose to go down. Um, I am personally not subscribing to the idea of you absolutely need landscaping fabric. I'm seeing so I'm on Chinese social media, one of them, and I'm seeing a lot of posts from strangers who are also really into gardening in China. And then there are people who can afford to have to have land, you know, typically not in the middle of the city, or if they are, they're probably just filthy rich. And then whatever they're doing does not apply to me, so I don't even look at those. 
and I'm starting to see a lot, a lot of people, not advertising, but kind of broadcasting, boosting the signal of using landscape fabric. My personal opinion on that, as of right now, is it's a scam. Right, it's something. Once you start using it, once you start buying into the idea that this is something you need in landscaping, you're just gonna have to keep buying it every two years or every two three years or so. So I'm experimenting this year. Can I actually have a small garden without using landscape fabric? So this I'm I'm ripping them up. I am breaking into and mixing up the the topsoil and whatever. Pretty sandy stuff underneath. Um, you know, introducing more, putting down more worm castings, this and that to enrich it a little bit. And then there's a shit ton of insects in the back there, so I'm not really worried. I'm not gonna put any poison down to kill anything apart from termites. I discovered some termites near the willow tree, not too far away from our house. So I'm I'm having that looked at this afternoon by some professionals. See what we need to do. And they were pretty honest with me. Like I, for a few of these kind of pest um, terminators, wait, exterminator, not terminator, <laughs> exterminators I have contacted in this area. I do appreciate them. On one side, you could say maybe it's just too, too small of a job that they really don't care about it. On the other side, they are pretty honest with me. They're saying, well, if you don't see termite, if you, you know, you Googled it, you know you're supposed to look at look for those mud veins on your tree. If you don't see them yet, and you don't see termites anywhere inside of your house, and the tree is not right up against your house, you can you can put something down to, to kill the termites. Um, but it's probably nothing too dramatic that needs to be done. So I, I really appreciate that kind of honest insight. But you know, I'm I'm having them over a fee to take a look at it so I can have peace of mind because like I said again and again we like this house we want to keep this house so I want to protect this house as much as we can so that's that so I'm ripping up the landscape fabric and I'm putting down different uh, new plants I went to uh, one of the big box stores yesterday and grabbed a lot of roots and small branches you know roses hydrangeas uh, elephant ears, this and that. I brought just a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm investing in making a little garden in the back. And then I only use perennials. I do not foresee myself. I am not the kind of person who wants to be kneeling in the dirt and planting flowers in the spring just so I can have something pretty to look at in the year. So yeah, some of the annuals are very pretty. I get it. I, if I was retired, if I didn't have anything else to do in my life, yeah, I would probably consider the the spring ritual of putting down something that to kind of revive the garden and all that. But as of right now, what I'm looking at is I really don't have time. I only do perennials. I can I I like it's lucky for me. I actually like those tiny little flowers with like vib very vibrant colors, but they're teeny tiny, you know. I'm okay with that. So I put out a, a few of those and then I bought this really fragrant and not so thorny. I checked the branches. I don't think I saw any thorns. Not so thorny, but really lovely smelling rose that I'm going to add to put right next to the shed. 
And uh, what else? I got grape vines. Hopefully, we'll climb up and create some shade in, on the, along the swing. Because, yeah, we have a lovely swing, but there's no shade on there. So you can't really use it during the day, half of the year. And also, the play, that area, I gotta, that's the last area I'm going to tackle. But um, what else did I get? Uh, I got a little tiny little fig tree branch that I'm going to put in. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Hmm. That's pretty much it. And I have two like pretty good looking cherry blossoms and Japanese maple that I really want to put in the yard, but I don't really have budget for that. So if I go back and check in about a month and they're still there, I'll buy it. What else? That's pretty much it. I just, I, again, this is, this might be me just being a little greedy. You know, it's, understandably so when you have a yard. I'm very excited because I've never had a yard before and I have all these kind of wild visions that's partially influenced by the internet about what I want my garden to look like. I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking about a fancy English garden because I don't have a groundskeeper. I'm my own groundskeeper here. I can do as much as I, I can physically do and it's just me. My daughter is still, she can she can help. She can, she, her help is probably like 0.5% in the whole process. Sometimes she helped me to shovel a little dirt. Sometimes she helped me to water the plants, but you know, she waters it wrong <laughs> most of the time, but she's just, whatever she, I can kind of keep her engaged and I have a little bit of fun. That's fine. And you know, husband's working during the, during the week. Right. And, um, and it, it, again, I know a lot of families, the husband does it all, but personally, I just feel like, yeah, his work is pretty fucking exhausting during the week. And it's not like I'm so weak and then I can't do any of these stuff. I don't know how to do any. Like, I am fairly educated. I just need to read up on it. And then I just need to make, you know, use my the muscles that I go to the gym and fucking lift weight, weights for. What what? Why did I even get these muscles if I ever never used them? But what I did find out is... I have my grip strength is such a joke and I was because I just basically have no grip strength. I think that's one of the reasons that I was not great at playing piano. That's kind of one of those things that discouraged me. I didn't I have small hands, so I don't have a great reach when it comes to playing piano. And it's uh, it's troublesome when I'm trying to play cello as well. It's just it's just limiting, you know. And then uh Oh, and grip grip strength. Like when you're playing piano, you, you gotta really dig down into those keys. You, you if you actually ever shake hands with musicians who play those kind of instruments, you would understand how strong those fucking hands are. Even like you know, petite female little musician, pianist, or whatever, they have very strong hands. And I was listening to a podcast, and one of these, um, I think he's a biologist, and he was um, citing some research. Um, that basically was kind of establishing information that the, uh, a person's, by and large, a person's grip strength is a great indicator of their lifespan. You know, uh, not obviously not including freak accidents, right? It doesn't matter how strong whatever your body is. If you get hit by a car, you're not going to make it. But or you fall, fall out of the sky or something like that. But he's just saying, like, for every for regular person, if you're just living a regular life, you're fairly healthy, fairly whatever, and your 
grip strength or the maintenance building up and maintenance of your grip strength is a great indicator of your expected or projected lifespan. Um, they were kind of looking at the correlations between the two, and it makes complete sense. Like when when your hands are just so weak, you can't do a lot of the things in your life, and then just that's an indicator of just the quality of unless you are somebody who is cared for. 24-7, the quality of your life is just start going to start degrading. And then eventually it leads to, you know, the demise. It makes absolutely sense. It makes absolute sense. So when I'm working in the yard, when I'm carrying around bricks and all that, I noticed how, um, just how weak my hands are. And as much as I would love for my hands to look beautiful, that's one of my point of... Um, I, how do I describe it? I'm 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 very self conscious about the way my hands look because my nails are short and stubby and ugly, and I use I used to bite my nails so they're really short and really flat, and uh, and I, you know I have short stubby fingers and this and that, and then now compounded with having really roughly wrinkled skin from the very strong suns. Uh, UV rays in Okinawa and also have some here in the south, just from driving, right? If I don't wear gloves, my hands are just absolutely ruined. And now adding up with gardening, and I do wear gardening gloves and this and that, but still, it's just when you're digging dirt, you're digging dirt. There's no protecting yourself from it. And uh, by the end of the day, it's just my hands are just absolutely beaten to death. But I still prefer, like, if this is what I have to do to get my hands strong, stronger, so I can do more things with life, then uh, fuck it. If you, if I come across somebody and they judge me by the look of my hands, then fuck it. I guess I don't need you in my life. Like, if you're that kind of person, then go ahead and judge me. I don't give a shit. Like, I've lived long enough to be able to say that and that obviously that's with all the people around me that's supporting me and loving me because if there's an, if absolutely nobody loves me I, ha- I would have very little confidence or it would be very difficult for me to find confidence to say fuck you to anybody or anything um that's criticizing me in an unfair way in an unjust way so yeah just in a in a garden still there oh, i'd say at this point i'm Trying to say I am 30% done. And uh, we'll see. It, it's fun, but it's also very anxiety reducing. Uh, anxiety inducing, not reducing. I'd, when it's done, it's probably going to be very nice. I can sit out there um, or sit on my enclosed patio where there is no risk of being bitten. We went out. I made a mistake of walking out onto the lawn at dusk. With my, with my skin exposed, right? I usually, I go out there, I'm wearing jeans, I'm wearing rain boots, I'm wearing those long sleeve gloves, I'm covered up. Last night, I was showing my husband and daughter what I've done with the, what the flowers I've planted all day in the garden. And it happens to be around sundown. And we, I was out there for maybe two minutes and a lot of the bugs at me it's fucking march chill out but this is the south it is what it is and i was and i was thinking last year i sprayed a lot of um the 
uh, insect repellent with cedar oil in it. And then this year I'm reading, oh, if you spray that, you, you might attract fucking carpenter bees because they love cedar trees. And I was thinking, I was just thinking, motherfucker, there is just no fucking break. Like there is, again, it just drives me to understand why so many people just decide to say, fuck it, I'm just going to use poison. You just fucking die and leave me the fuck alone. Um. So, but I'm still trying to hold out. I'm just still trying to hold out and then trying to put as little poison in the in the ground that leads to the water that contaminates the area as possible. I don't know when I will quit. I hope I don't. Like I'm not like this is one of the things. Had I if if we lived in this environment and my parents had talked to me about it, I might be interested in looking into something like botany, you know? become a botanist because it's it's very interesting and i like to know but as of right now to tack it on on top of everything else that's happening in my life not really so it's a constant battle between the temptation of that's just just go grab that bottle of poison it just saves you so much time but i can't i can't bring myself to do it. i already live with so much guilt with producing the amount of trash from everyday life I just cannot you I I chose not to use um reusable diapers with this first baby because I just I looked at the information of how you need to clean it, the resources, the the amount of water, the amount of electricity that's going into making sure these are clean. And mind you, I have a daughter, so I cannot ever risk of giving her some kind of infection, right? Some kind of UTI. I've been there. It's extremely irritating. I cannot imagine how miserable our life would have been if I had, a, you know, an infant who's unable to communicate other than cry, <laughs> feeling physically irritated and um, just all that. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to use disposable. I'm going to use as few as possible. Not that I'm not going to change her, but I'm not going to waste it. Um, but yeah, I just... I, but that's just don't don't think for a second that I don't feel bad about it. I absolutely do. Um, so when there is, you know, when when there are new products that comes up saying, you know, this compostable or whatever, we, they re, we, they recycle it in a different way. So, OK, cool. My daughter doesn't really use it anymore. But if I do have a next baby, I definitely will try the, the newer products. But it's it weighs very, very heavily on my conscience, the amount of trash that I personally produce. With, with my everyday life. So this whole poison, putting poison in your yard just so it can look pretty for you. I cannot do that. Um, uh, but you never know. Like the southern insects, the army, the f- waves after waves after waves of weeds and insects and this and that in the south might eventually just grind me down and I would just start fucking spraying poison in the yard like everybody else in my neighborhood well i'm not saying everybody else but most people like most people don't really care enough to look into this kind of stuff not that they purposefully want to poison the neighborhood but it's just it's what's always been used and then you know i still every time i go into one of the big box store there's a mountain of roundups and i see people grabbing bottles and gallons of it so 
Are they necessarily bad people? Maybe not. They just don't care to find out. Maybe they've heard chatters about Roundup being, you know, carcinogen, uh, carcinogenic, or something like that. They just didn't know enough to care, or they just don't care. There are a lot of people who just like shrug their shoulders, thinking, "And、eh, what are you going to do about it?" Well, you can, you can start by not using it, right?、Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not about preaching to other people. Not in the position to do that. So I, at least I'm trying to do that with myself, with my own life. But that's bringing up, bringing on a lot of unnecessary stress and and work for myself. Or maybe it is necessary. Maybe this is what life was actually going to supposed to look like before the quote unquote conveniences were introduced in our lives that were sold to us as a solution that has no negative side, and now we're just starting to find out well. You make it. It's kind of like making a deal with the devil. There is no. It's a devil. It's not a genie. Right? We've been watching a lot of Aladdin,、um, repeatedly with my daughter. She's falling in love, falling in love with the sing a song dance and all that. She's finally she's been so afraid of genie, and she is finally accepted his acceptance、uh, existence, and then she's now loving it. She asked us to see, sing the genie song all the time. But but yeah, that's just that's just my thought.、Um, just a quick update because things are still busy. After this, I'm still gonna dive back into the yard and do like two three hours today. So、um, thank you guys for always supporting me, always listening to me yap. And、uh, I've been updating my website, hopefully, and then but as soon as I well, I'm I'm gonna do the, the two things are gonna roll out at the same time and register my business.、Um, Publishing my website, and I'm joining a few local organizations, and then hopefully by the time the yard work dies down, I can dive into networking and developing new drawings, new new artworks, new products, that kind of stuff. So it's today is one of those days where I kind of feel good about everything, even though I am still extremely stressed about the amount of work I'm facing. But I'm kind of feeling good, so I'm trying to keep it going, trying to trying to keep it rolling. It's not easy. Anything. A, a, a tiny broken hair. It's not even the last. Well, yes, a, it's not. It doesn't need to be the last straw. Any straw can break me. Can swing my mood extremely to the other other end of the spectrum. But I'm trying to prevent that from happening, or at least I'm trying to be a little more resilient.、Um, but that's a learning process, to say the least. So thank you so much for listening to me. Please keep an eye.、Um, please leave me a positive. Review on Apple Podcast. I think that's、uh, as far as we know. That's the only place where you kind of can review a podcast.、Uh, but I would really appreciate your kind words. And、uh, keep an eye on the website. Sign up for my newsletter. I'm、um, I'm planning a lot of promotions and such. So if you are, you know, at, right now it's kind of a low season in terms of gift giving. You know, people are just kind of coming out of the Christmas debt, but What I'm trying to what 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 I offer is not like bank breaking, you know. But if you're thinking about if there's some somebody special in your life, or even just for yourself, just you want to you want a portrait commission, you want to take a class, or you're interested in the art but you don't know where to start. You know, you know anybody who's like that, you know, send them my way. Talk to me. I'll at least point you to the right directions, right? If you don't want to take classes with me, that's fine. Um, I had one student who took two classes with me, and then she's very busy. I understand. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying, like, I'm not the kind of person who is just gonna hound you 
to buy my classes and this and that. Like if you, this it's entirely up to you. If you want to learn, I'll give you the right information that I know. If you find someone else who you think is more helpful, great. By all means, let them take the torch. Um, I am not a teacher per se, but um, if you don't have anybody like that in your life, and then just come talk to me, and then I'll give you some pointers, get get you a good place, get you to a good place to start. I will have to say, art is not something that you do willy nilly. If you're retired, you have nothing to do, then take your time. If you do kind of envision yourself reaching a point, doing something with this particular set of skills, then you need to understand the first thing is you are going to have to do a lot of work. Art is not something you sit on that just magically comes to you and it's all romantic. You're sitting there, you have a glass of wine or coffee or cigarette, whatever your vice is, right? And then you're just dancing around, flowing with the music, and then it just kind of happens. And then, you, I don't know, be successful. I don't know. But it, a lot of work. It doesn't, even if you're an abstract artist, abstract art is actually more difficult because the, the whole process of developing your own philosophy, writing your thesis, and then making things come true through your vision. It's, it's actually, I have tried to, um, follow the thought process behind that is actually much more difficult. If you want to just make things look realistic, that's just a grind. If you get this, you grind to get enough, to get skillful enough, and you grind to make things just fucking keep working at it. You know, draw every hair, every little prick of every fiber. That's your choice. If you want to do it, that's actually, I, I personally think it's easier. But to do abstract art, the right kind of abstract art, not just bullshit abstract art. That's not that's not pretend. A lot of abstract art is not bullshit. But the actual like, if you look at the masters, the abstract art, uh, masterpieces, most of them are masterpieces for a reason. Um, and then you will find perspectives and philosophies or whatever behind it that you've actually never thought about things that way. You know, and that's where the value lies. Um, so that's it. I think that's, that's might have, I think I sped through it a little too much this week, but trying to keep the energy up. Um, I try to not say, um, and you know, and you know, that kind of stuff too much. So that's, I'm trying to use speed to control that. So, Cause if I slow down, those things are going to come out because I'm not professionally trained. This is just me doing this on my own. There's nobody giving me a heads up or, you know, I, I do, sometimes I do a little post-production if I knew I had too many of those hangups. But today I think we're okay. So I'm going to leave these in here. And then if that really bothers you, please reach out and let me know. And um, I will keep working at it. All right. It's International Women's Month. I'm so happy that we're actually getting a month instead of when I was growing up it's just March 8th, just a day. And that in Chinese is a very bad term. Like it means something like a gossipy housewife or gossipy old woman, gossipy old hack. And it has the meaning gossipy in it. And then it's usually used towards women that are older. It's really unfriendly. So new, nobody liked it when, when I was growing up. We didn't even want to celebrate it. Like we're girls. We're not women. We're not gossipy old hacks. But right now, like, I, I am a woman. I am a mother. I, I'm, I'm still not a gossipy hack. I just don't have time for gossip. But 
I am glad we have this month to really think about and reflect on the women who fought so hard in conditions that we cannot imagine. Like if if you think about the 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 a handful of times as modern women, if most of us are pretty lucky to grow up in an environment where we've probably experienced a handful of times where we were expected to behave like it was 50 years ago. But by and large, we're treated okay. And if you can really actually sit down and put yourself, take away the the music, the champagne, whatever they show you, the, the fucking hate anything that's the roaring 20s themed. Um, and then just showing women in clothes covered in bees or whatever, and then just dancing around. Like, that's not what women were going through, especially not homesteading women or um, uh, working class women. I do not. Yes, it's kind of pretty to look at. I've seen it. I'm past it. I don't need to see it again. I don't. I have no desire to wear one of those costumes, to go to one of those parties. Just come up with something more fucking creative than the Roaring Twenties. Um, but yeah, just think about like oh, everything that I take granted, take for granted. Somebody went through so much heartbreak. Some, some, somebody else who was just somebody's little girl, their life was hardened to a point that when they said, or maybe they came from a, um, a place of privilege, a place of privilege where they had the money, the knowledge, or the influence to um, produce some kind of societal change, right? Either end, if either you came from some, you came from the elite class and you said, I wanted to do more, awesome. Or you came from the bottom and you are so hard and so beaten down, but you never gave up and you created change, awesome. Or you're in the middle, you kind of just roll the train. You saw either end, you're like, yeah, I want to do that too. And then you joined them. You didn't just sit back and then try to hold women back. Awesome. Just let's think about those people. Let's think about maybe we want to be one of those instead of anybody who just sat there, took the entertainment, drugs, and I mean, like just TV or whatever mind numbing thing. I'm not against um, decompressing. I do that all the time, but um, most of us, let's face it, do it way too much. It's like the the rat or the chimp in the in the lab that's that kept hitting the cocaine. You know, it's it's something that we instinctively do. But if you are a person with free will, if you are a person with integrity, if you are a person with aspirations, and you are lucky and privileged enough to receive educations, to receive fair treatment, then we should all consider doing something to invent, to advance it instead of just sitting here waiting for someone else to come push us back to the corner where they think we belong. So that's, I'll leave with that song. That, I'll leave with that thought. And that's what he said. All right, I'll see you guys next week.